Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I'm Ann Friedman. And I'm Amina Tuso. And every other week, we'll be bringing you a special phone a friend episode between either Aminatu or me and one of our rad pals. Hey, Ann. Hey, what's up? Who'd you talk to this week? This week, I talked to one of my favorite actresses, Stephanie Beatrice, who plays the no-nonsense <laughs> Rosa Diaz on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. She's... Oh my God. Hilarious. I never thought that a cop would come on TV that would capture my heart more than Olivia Benson. And I am really happy to report that Detective Rosa Diaz is everything. Yeah, you know, like she's really great, believes in shine theory. It's really, really, really funny, which we like obviously know from watching every week. But I can report that IRL, she is even more amazing. You don't always expect people who are funny for a living to be funny when you talk to them like in civilian mode. But she oh, was. Yeah, she's so hilarious. If you don't follow her on social media, you totally should because her Instagram is hilarious and she's such a babe. She also dances in this like really, really, really like babelicious dance troupe and so she told me more about that but i'll let you listen for yourself Thanks so much for joining me today. Um, please, this is my pleasure. I've been obsessed with y'all's podcast ever since Melissa Fumero told uh, me about it. Uh, are you kidding me? No, we were talking about podcasts. I was like, I don't know. I don't know where to start. There's so many. She was like, oh my God, you have to listen to Call Your Girlfriend. It's like you're sitting in a room with your friends. It's amazing. Listen to it. Listen to it. I downloaded a million of them and listened to them all like in one weekend. You're completely making my day because... <laughs> I was like deep Googling you a little bit. And when I found out that you grew up in Texas, I mm. like died. More specifically, the Houston Sugarland Baytown. Oh, yes. Situation. Oh, yes. Um, I went to college at UT Austin. So I have mm. a certain fondness for Texas, even though it makes us ashamed all the time. It is like that one boyfriend that you dated that you're like really, really embarrassed. But also he was so nice to you. And like he was the one that told you that you were beautiful for the first time. or whatever, Yeah, that boy know? for me, he went like he was from Baytown, you know. Yeah. So, like, it's real. <laughs> yeah, no, mine is from Houston. It's, it's so real. It's so real. Yeah, he got married, like, very, very young, like, right after we dated, basically. And I was like, this is great. You're basically trash garbage, and I'm better than you. But thank you for making me feel better about myself. <laughs> mine also got married very quickly. Not, like, right after we broke up, but very quickly and has, like, two adorable children and is, like, a firefighter. So it's he's not trash garbage. But, yeah, there's some life choices there that I wouldn't have made. Yeah, no. But, you know, more power to him. More power to – yeah. Shout out to all the married people. More power to them. Uh, we don't hate you. We don't hate you. We're just, you know, living a different life. <laughs> that's it. That's the way to put it. Can you tell me about this, like, fun dance group that it looks <gasps> like you're a part of? Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. So I'm a member of the L.A. City Municipal Dance Squad. What? Um, yes. A couple of years back, there were a bunch of women comedians and writers and stuff who all got to know each other through UCB and they, a bunch of them found out that they used to play basketball like in high school or college. So they wanted to, to join the women's parks and rec league here in LA and they call the parks and parks and rec department of the city. And the city's like, well, we don't have one. We have men's teams. We have like a million and a half men's teams. We have uh. no women's teams. Yes. Right. Of course. 
So they decide to start the women's pickup league. And within the first year, they have something like, I don't know, 20 teams or something. The city is like pretty sure that they're not going to get it together and like get all these teams organized. Uh, surprise, they do. On the UCB team, which is called the Pistol Shrimps. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, right? Um, one of the members, Angela Trimber, who's an actress and a really funny, just amazing person generally, she used to dance a lot when she was a kid. And the buzzer would go off at the first half and there'd be like five minutes of nothing. And then they would play the second half of the game. And she was like, why isn't there something fun happening? She's like such an entertainer that she decided to gather a, a group of her friends and start like a dance team. So like Laker girls, but like very tongue in cheek. We're not professional dancers by any means. And like half of our dancers are like us acting out ridiculous. Like I know, songs. but y'all look so hot and you're having so much fun. It's so fun. It's so, so fun. And so like this year, I think in March, they actually had auditions and I went to the audition because I'd been stalking them on Instagram. I like met her at a party accidentally. Like she was at a party at Joe Latrulio's house and we started talking and then I figured out that she was the person that started the squad and I was like having a moment trying to be cool with her while I was like, oh my God, this is her. And then I auditioned and I got in and it's been, it has been such an amazing addition to my life. I feel like I have this new group of friends. I, you know, some of them I don't even know that well yet because we just added four new members, but I just really love these women. They're all so cool. They're super supportive. And any kind of stuff that comes up, because stuff's going to inevitably kind of come up when you have a large group of women, like there's going to be some shit, you know? We've all been yeah. socialized to be catty since we were like four years old. So there's going to be some shit, but like whenever there's shit, it just gets aired so quickly and we all try to work together as a team and it's just, it's really fun. I highly recommend starting a dance that's, group. That's so awesome. I Next time I'm in LA, I'm definitely going to check this out. Oh, please, dude. Every Tuesday night while the season's going, we, we dance at Pan Pacific Park, which is done. like, yeah, seven, eight, and nine. It's done really and done. Fun. Done and done so and fun. done. You know, I really like that you said that about, you know, airing things out and solving them a lot because I think that one thing that is, really telling about you like your whole vibe is that you're very supportive of other women i totally i noticed that a lot you know throughout all of your social media and even oh, like you know talking to you you're always really promoting other women's projects and doing that and to us on call your girlfriend that's like wildly important and has yeah. been like it's been such a source of personal growth and just like delight right but it's so cool to just to know that other people do that across all types of industries and everywhere I mean, I actually, like, one of the things you guys said a while back, like, Shine Theory. Yes. I talk about that all the time. I spread that message constantly. And when you talk about it with other women, their eyes start to light up. No one has said it that way. Like, no one has said, like, actually, when you're successful, I'm successful, too. We're all coming at this together. I mean, it should be more normal. I want it to be more normal. It's more normal in my life. You know, and I'm not perfect. Like, there's definitely times where I'm like, ugh, like, I feel <laughs> but, jealousy or craziness about, like, this person got that role, this person's, like, doing so well, you know, but then you stop and think. Like, that's the difference between, like, being a, a small child and an adult. Exactly right. And I think that that's, like, kind of the big lie that, you know, like, the universe is trying to tell us is that when somebody does something well, it means that that takes away from you, you Dude, know? And yeah. it's and it's so ridiculous. Whereas, like, for me, I've just found that it's such a source of motivation where it's like, oh, you know what? Like, actually, I want to do the same thing or I want to do something similar. And how yes. do I propel myself there? Yes. 
I can't even imagine what it's like in Hollywood. Yeah, it can be weird for sure. It can be like very, you'll just have these moments of like, the the ones that are the most sort of painful to me come from the most sort of normal moments where you're like at a party or something and you're like having a nice time over the cheese plate and then somebody says something to you and you're like, oh, that was meant to like cut me down. Yeah, that's supposed to be a dig. Yeah, make me feel small. Like like in Bridget Jones where she talks about jellyfishing. Have you heard that? Yes. I talk about that all the time. I'm like, that bitch just jellyfished me. Like you just have to sort of like be aware but also know – like come at it and go because I used to take things so personally and now I'm like that's not about me that's about that woman's issues with herself exactly that's that's kind of the best way to put it you know speaking of Hollywood I know that Mm -hmm. you made the jump from New York how is it what are your big impressions like east coast to west coast did you have to learn how to drive and all of that stuff oh girl yes I had to learn to drive like I learned in the like four months before I moved it was a mad dash to the to the (laughs) the finish line it was really scary I actually one of the people I was working at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival at the time which is the Shakespeare Festival in Ashland Oregon which is amazingly bomb if you're ever in Ashland or like southern Oregon you should go one of the women that I was working there with named Catherine Coulson, who actually used to be the log lady. She passed away recently. Aww. She was a friend of mine, and she helped teach me how to drive. That's the it's, best, man. Learning how to drive from, like, a badass lady. Yeah, it was pretty dope. She was always, like, giving me these little tips and, like, talking about, like, the, the test. And sure enough, like, some of the stuff that she said, like, happened during the test. She was like, now they're going to want to take it a left-hand turn, and it's going to feel impossible. Just wait it out. I was like, really? She's like, just wait it out. Yeah, no. I'm, like, such an East Coast baby, too. Even though I moved to San Francisco, I still don't drive. It's on my it's on my to-do list for next year. On it's it. my one – it's, like, my one thing. Here's the thing. I, I have to do all those anxiety dreams about not being able to get people to the hospital because you can't drive. They will all go away. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm like the person that's always testing the limit of how far you can take an Uber. And I'm <laughs> and I'm and I'm happy to report that from San Francisco, you can go very far into wine country. So <laughs> let me let me tell you. And from yeah. L.A., from L.A., same thing. I'm always like, hey, how do you feel about Topanga Canyon today? <laughs> um I want to talk a little bit about the character that you play on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, the first time that I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I was on a plane. Mm-hmm. I think I was flying from, like, L.A. back to New York. And I had – I was, like, aware of the show, but I was, like, saving it to watch for a long time. And by the time the plane landed, I was so anxious about getting home so I could finish the rest of the season. I was yes. like, I'm sorry. I can't believe I waited this long. Uh, I have such a fondness for TV police women, and I never thought that I would find a police woman that was, like, more dear to my heart than Olivia Benson. But, like, Inspector Rosa, here we are. That's you're so happy. Wow. Yeah, no, you know, like, you're the best. I just, I love that she's so confident. She's, you know, always stunting on everyone. But there's, yeah. like, this vulnerability to her also. The DA is worried about how you present yourself on the stand. Why? I'm fine on the stand. Look, I'll make this real simple so even these dum-dums can understand. Man did crime. I'm sorry, can you make her stop doing that weird thing with her face? Crime? And when this is over, I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna break those little fingers. Miss Diaz, please stop threatening the stenographer. This is an important case. You need to do well. Fine, I'll take your dumbass seminar. That's the spirit. I just love her. I think she's. She's unlike anybody that I've ever played before, but she's not unlike anybody I've ever met. My mother in particular is a friggin' badass. Like, she's really tough. 
but she is also very, you know, there's always vulnerability. Like even, even like the strongest, strongest characters, like in the literary canon that you can think of. I mean, cause they're human, they're human, they're human. She's so fun to play. She's so fun to play. Yeah, you know, I heard that in the casting, she was written um, as, like, a different character. And then when they met you, they, you know, like, they changed that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, actually, the character was pretty much the same. Um, The name of it was Megan, though. It was, like, Megan spelled in a very, like, Irish way. So I think that they might have had, like, I don't know. I've never talked to Mike and Dan about it. But I think they maybe had, like, a fiery, redheaded Irish you know, New Yorker in their minds, but um, that's not what happened, clearly. Uh, I think they just, you know, one of the things they said, they've said over and over in interviews, but they've said personally to me is like, we just, we thought you were the right, you came in and you won it. You were her. And we couldn't see it any other way after you did it. And so we needed to figure out how to make it more you. And for us, what, what we thought was funny was to give her a sort of soft, a very soft name, like Rosa, like a flower. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that's such a good, like, you know, power of diversity story, because I think that usually we hear so much more of the negative, like the, uh, we had to, like, uh, in I work in tech, and people will always tell you, they're like, we don't want the standards to go down. Like, that's always their excuse. And you're like, you're like, are you kidding me? I know how to, gross. like, build a computer. Like, how, so like, gross. how ridiculous. Yeah, it's so gross. So, like, I love, I love that story. My favorite Rosa revelation is that she was a ballerina. In a oh, recent yeah. episode, I died when, like, when that came out. I was like, yeah. that's just, I was like, n- will never cease to amaze me how resilient, but, like, just a softy she is inside. <laughs> that was very fun to do. That was very, and also, like, hyper-stressful for me because I was not a ballerina when I was a kid. I t- ended up taking, like, four private lessons from this, like, really lovely woman who I met through this dance company. And then I ended up taking ballet because, like, I was, like, super into it. It opened up a whole new oh, I have this new hobby. I'm a, now I want to be a ballerina. That's so cool. Um, when did you know that you wanted to be an actress? I like It's so always fascinating to me when I see people on TV because I'm like, oh, this is like a career path that a lot of people choose. For somebody yeah. who I consume like a sick amount of television, it's crazy. In fact, last night I was watching my favorite secret show, The Closer on TNT, and you were on it, and I oh my died. God. And is I the, died. The, the gang rape situation. Uh, you you know it. Thank yeah. you, thank you. TNT is the closer. It's like the show that I watch. I never talk to anybody about. I'm like, I, love I can't. That show. I'm like, I can't discuss this. But I'm like, I am in. I am like lost in the sauce of that show. Yeah. No, so, true. but yeah, when did you know that you wanted to be an actress? And like, what kind of propelled you into that world? It's sort of a long story, but when I was in when I was in junior high, there were like not very many electives, and I ended up in speech and debate. And in the speech and debate class, there were two plays that they would do. They would do like a Christmas play in the, at the, you know, because Texas, Christmas play. And then in the spring season, they would do like a melodrama. And I was in this class with a bunch of other, you know, kids in my grade. And I wanted the ingenue role in this crappy little melodrama. I did not get it. The popular girl got it. Uh, Instead, yes, of course, I got the male villain. I'm that 12. is ridiculous. Yeah, I'm 12. I've got short hair. I've got crooked teeth. And they cast me as a man. And I have to wear like a top hat and a handlebar mustache the whole bit. At first, I was just like horribly mortified and went home and cried. And then during the course of rehearsals, I sort of started figuring out that like I'm making my friends laugh in class. I'm making the teacher laugh. Something's happening. And then when we got to actually put on the production for school, because we did it like over the course of one or two days and all the grades came and saw it, you know, as a, as an assembly, they loved it. The kids in the school were like laughing at stuff that I was doing and, you know, not to 
send anybody down the river or anything, but like I was like basically the greatest part of that play. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was this little, you know, preteen girl in a top hat and handlebar mustache running around like doing the craziest shit. Like I was like rolling over myself, doing all this like physical comedy, stuff that I had never explored before because I was pretty shy. And the next day at school, so like that was in and of itself, that was like amazing. And then the next day at school, I'm sitting in science class. I'll never forget it. Willie Rivera, who is very popular, <laughs> very handsome, comes up to me, has never talked to me before ever. And this is like, you know, the last semester of eighth grade. So what am I like 13 probably? Yeah. Comes up to me and says, hey, and I'm frozen in my desk. He's like, hey, your brother was really funny in that play. Oh my God, Willie Rivera. No. Willie Rivera. Like, I said nothing, right? I was like, thanks, because, like, what do you say? So, like, two things are happening at once. I'm thinking, oh my God, Willie Rivera just talked to me. My hands are sweating. Also, oh my God, Willie Rivera actually thought that was a boy. Uh, Willie Rivera, what a fool. But, like, you know, you were very (laughs) convincing. I was. I was. And that's really, like, what I took away from it, which was like, Oh, that I was like good enough to make somebody that sat with me an entire year in class not recognize me. Oh my god, eighth grade boys are so dumb. That's like the worst. That's perfect. How was high school for you? Were you popular? Mm, No, I mean, I did dance team for a while, and it was like maybe you might be popular, like if you start like drinking and having sex like earlier than you really want to. And I was like, uh, I don't know. And so I backed off of that and started doing theater. And in the theater department, I really like found my people. And I guess I would say I was pretty popular in that department. And by the time I hit senior year, it like stopped mattering. Like everybody just started like mixing with each other. I think I was voted most popular or like, no, sorry, most talented. Ooh. Not most popular, most talented. I had like good friends. My best friend at the time was my high school boyfriend. And, you know, I didn't have like a, a horrible time of it. I felt... I, you know, retrospectively, it's like, oh, my God, you were like a beautiful little flower. But, like, I, <laughs> I didn't feel that way at the time. You know, I was, like, very self hating and stuff and, like, didn't know where I belonged and felt the most comfortable when I was on stage, completely comfortable when I was on stage. Man, that's that's insane. Who's your best friend now? Courtney Kosak. She is this really amazing writer who I just love. She's so funny and dear to my heart. How did you guys meet? She actually went to Stevens College where I went, but she went a little bit after me. And like when I moved to LA, I didn't know really anyone. I didn't have a social circle. Cause when I moved to New York, I knew people. Like I had built in like Like I a built in network. Yeah. And when I moved here, I didn't really know anyone. And so I started started like Facebook messaging people and we have a mutual friend who introduced us and we just started hanging out a lot and we just get along. I mean, she's the one, you know, like your best friend's usually the one, like you can say like the shittiest stuff to, and they'll never judge you. They'll just laugh. Yeah. That's, that's that's your person. Yeah. That's Courtney for sure. And like, I have a lot of close, good friends here, but for sure I would count Courtney as That's so cool. I'm always fascinated by like bestie meeting stories. And I think that like the, when you're new somewhere and you get to know someone that's kind of like, that's always kind of the best. Yes. Also side note, I think I make the best friends with women who initially when I meet them, I don't like them. Ooh, like, interesting. Yeah, because to me that signals – and I've, I've only come on this like as an adult where I can like actually examine my own behavior. But like when I meet a woman and I feel like threatened by her or sort of like, oh, who is this? Who is this? Because she's super smart or she's really funny 
or she's doing something or saying something that I wish I could do or say, there's something that's like built into me again, like from childhood being like socialized to like compete that sort of automatically goes off. And I'm like, I'm not sure I like that girl. And now as an adult, I can sort of look at that behavior and go like, no, no, that girl's fucking awesome. And you want to be more like her, which is why you're not sure you like her because you're afraid of how amazing she is and how come you're not as you're not pushing yourself to be as amazing. Holy shit. That's like an insane amount of personal growth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, no, that's it's true. Therapy. That's a lot of therapy, but. No, it's true. You know, like when your mind makes that shift from like, uh, this person is my competition to like, actually, yeah. this person I actually share a lot or I could learn a lot from them. Or yes. I don't know. It's like some of my favorite people in the world are people that I don't actually agree with a lot of stuff on. Or totally. I was initially like a little resistant to getting yeah. to know them. I just, there, there's like a lot of sweetness there and like getting to know them. And, and then you look back, you know, a couple of years later and you're like, man, we were nothing alike when we met and look yeah. at the life we built together. Yeah. And look at how much I've like grown and learned from you and all the experiences that we've had together as people and that I wouldn't have had if I had just written you off. That's so cool. I noticed that you also tweet a lot and you're like, your followers are like very intense people. Are they? I know they like they, you know like they always get mad when you like tweet the show out and they're like spoilers and I'm like I don't know how oh, to yeah. tell I'm like I don't know how to tell you man the spoiler the minute the show airs like you're done if you're not watching it like please oh get God. off the internet the statute of limitations expires like after Truly. the after the Pacific time Truly. but like but like what's your like what's your approach to social media in general You know what's funny I had a long conversation with Terry Crews about this one day because uh, Terry Crews my favorite male feminist he is a Amazing. I love him so much. He's so great. He's so great. But I was like sort of like cranky because someone had written something rude on my Instagram or something. And I was like, how do I respond to this, Terry? Like, what do I say? And he was like, honestly, Stephanie, you don't need to give those people any more energy than they're already taking up from you. Look at all the other comments that are positive. Look at all the people that are reaching out to you and saying like, I love this. I think it's funny. Or like, oh, thanks for posting this. Are you spending as much energy thinking about those people as you are the negative comments and I was like like it was like a record scratch Uh, Terry Crews he's right you know you see something positive and you go oh that's nice and then you move along like it's just like in real life when somebody says something shitty to you and it sticks in your brain forever and ever versus like that other person that said god you look so beautiful today and you sort of go oh thanks and you just wipe it out of your brain immediately you know I mean I think that's one thing that I've learned a lot and that, the other thing is just, like, being, like, sort of honest and polite, but, like, <laughs> like laying it down pretty quickly, which is, like, hey, if you don't want any spoilers, you can totally unfollow. You know, that's okay with me. People are such complainers. It's, like, why are you even here? Right? Like, maybe don't read my Twitter until you've, like, actually watched the show. Like, exactly. Stop being rude. So mm-hmm. crazy. What other TV are you watching right now that you like? Mm, well... I won't say it's a guilty pleasure because I'm I'm not guilty about it. I don't I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I think everything is good for you. Everything is good for you, right? Andy says the same thing. He's like, no, there's no guilty pleasure. It's just like what you find fun. I love Don't Be Tardy. Have yeah. You that? Uh, are you kidding me? Uh, I, love it. I like Croy is the best husband in Croy all of reality TV. Like Croy is crazy. I can't believe how big Kim's kids have gotten. They're they're like little beasts. I mean, they're, I don't know what they're feeding them. It's like, look at their father. Of course they're going to be, you know, like crazy. But also like every once in a while, I'll pop up on Brielle's Instagram. Like I don't follow her because I think it's weird to follow teens. But I'll look at it and I'm like, man, I remember when like you would sit in Nene Leakes' lap in Atlanta Housewives. This is crazy. So crazy. 
Okay, so, don't be tardy. I love don't be tardy. Um, I'm obsessed with Master of None. Yes. I, I sobbed my way through the second episode and watched it twice because I was just like, oh. Oh my um, god, yeah, no, immigrant parents, like, real talk. It's it's very real. And I think he did it with such, like, a sweet, truly, like, my dad cannot, my dad will not get off of his iPad when he's, like, around me. Like, he's constantly glued to it. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. It's awesome. But you Yeah, know. no, it was very, it was, like, it was done in this, like, very understated but devastating kind of way. It's so good. Um, let's see what else. I'm trying to think of, like, what, I, oh, I'm obsessed with Bob's Burgers. I'm, Who's your favorite character? That's that's a very difficult question. I mean, at any given time, any of them. I do love Tina so much. Yes, that's what I was hoping you would say. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure almost every t- woman on this planet feels like Tina was her at high school, unless you were like gifted and born like really beautiful and you just never had an awkward stage. Like, way power to you. Go ahead, fly. But like. Most of us, like, had an era where we were, like, uh, in my body, (laughs) you know? So, Tina, to me, is just, like, uh, I love her. And I love her obsession with butts. And And, horses. Oh, God, it's the sweetest zombies. Like, I mean, Jimmy, oh, God. Just, like, her her whole aesthetic, I should say, is, like, very me at, like, 13, 14. Just, like, trying to figure it out. Also, like, trying to be cool, but also, like, trying to be true to herself. Oh, just so good. So good. You have that, you know, you have some, like, modern lady tastes. I like it. I do. I think I do. Um, I've, I have – I'm not caught up right now, but I was watching Mini Project for a while. But that's It's gotten away from me. And then let's see. What else? I mean, all the, the regs, like the Game of Thrones. I I do love the Game of Thrones very much. Do you watch that? I watch Game of Thrones a lot, which for me is saying something because I like don't fuck with fantasy shit. It's not my jam. I'm just like yeah. all of this like super nerdy stuff I can't handle. But I've been watching Game of Thrones since the beginning. And anytime somebody goes Valar Morghulis, all men must die. I'm like, yes, that, that's my feminist stance on life in general. <laughs> so, I, so I think about that all the time. I'm so invested in Arya's storyline. And the other thing is that, like, I haven't, I haven't read the books, right? So every once in a while, I'll, like, read a Wikipedia thing about it. And, and, like, I'm like, this is as far as I'm going to go. Like, I can't read the books. I used to get really upset when people died because I would be, like, really emotionally invested in them. And yeah. now I actually get excited because I'm like, oh, one less person to track. The right. universe, right. the totally. universe is so, the universe is so big, and I can't so handle big. it. The other thing so that I big. don't understand in Game of Thrones is this. I don't know why they're all fighting over this, like, piece of land that is perpetually stuck in winter, and why they don't all go, like, I don't know, invade the Summer Islands and live there forever. I feel like it's just, like, a bad game of Risk. I have always wondered that. And, I, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, I was trying to think about it, and, like, I did read some of the books until it just got, like, too much rape. I was, like, dreaming about rape. It was uh, bad. It's so it was bad. really bad. And they've got these, like, little maps in the books. So I was like, well, maybe it's, like, the positioning of it for, like, war maybe or, like – but I also couldn't figure it out. I was like, maybe because the Summer Isles, like, could be attacked – more easily like if it was a stronghold like listen to me getting all super nerdy no but this is like but this is the rabbit hole that your mind goes down right i'm always like you people look miserable up here in the north by the wall like i you know like i don't know and i have the biggest crush on peter dinklage so it's kind Mm -hmm. of it's just Mm -hmm. i saw him on the street in new york one time and i almost ran into a pole it was so it was so embarrassing 
it was so 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 embarrassing i was like you are like very high in my spank bank sir and yeah, i like can't great. handle it he's truly great and he does so much with the, with that role like he brings it to like he does he out of i mean all of them are doing such an incredible job but he particularly is doing something so charming with that role that like if he didn't have that charm as an actor that role wouldn't come off so you wouldn't understand it because like he's he's described in the books as being this like very charming very like he's able to sort of maneuver his way through all this like ridiculous these ridiculous scenarios where like they've cast this actor who you you just believe it you believe it whether or not he's like that in real life or not he's living it so fully in the character that you just you're on the ride with him you're like oh yeah that guy that guy's like that yeah yeah i know that's why he survived you know yeah, I'm also really into how hot the um, the dancing man from Bravos is. That's oh like God. harassing Arya. I'm always like, a man could get it for sure. A man is delicious. <laughs> a man is yes, definitely delicious. He really I'm, is. Yeah, he's like this actually like a weird German actor who is in all these European TV shows that I watch because like I grew up in Europe and so that's like my other crazy life is how I'm I'm always like trying to catch up on European TV shows, oh, and God. yeah, he plays this like computer hacker at like some like poli- like European police TV show and oh it makes God, me so happy this. oh I'll send it to you you'll okay. laugh you'll laugh so hard it's amazing oh I totally want to watch this oh speaking of other shows have you ever watched Moon Boy no tell me about Moon Boy okay it's and now I'm going to forget the actor's name um the the adorable adorable uh I think he's Irish he was he was the boyfriend in Bridesmaids the guy the cop that she falls in love with Chris. oh I know what you're talking about yes yes um i watched like i think a couple of episodes of that and then i couldn't i like couldn't stick to it yeah what's his name the really hot cop from so um from bridesmaids we'll the irish guy we'll think of it uh, chris no it's not chris chris o'dowd that's yes, his name chris chris o'dowd i yeah. love that show i've watched three seasons on netflix or hulu and i've watched all of them twice i just think it's so funny charming weird the strange sort of feminism that's running through the family too is kind of fantastic i, I would I'd give it another shot girl like, okay i'm gonna really, i'm gonna check it out it's charming as fuck i am i'm really into like irish dude accents i i'm obsessed with like the gillian anderson the fall oh, yes. and uh mostly it's just because i'm like i think i want to move to ireland and like marry a hot irish cop like northern irish cop i was like sold my boyfriend is redheaded. Oh my um, god! He's currently in a play at the Geffen Theater in Los Angeles, where he has an Irish accent. This is the second time he's had an Irish accent in a play, and I swear to you, every time I'm like sitting in the audience, just like, <laughs> like that's my you, boyfriend. You're living my dream life. It's it's pretty great, I have to say. Like, and when he do, like practices his lines like around the house, or like when he like slips into the Irish accent, it is delightful. Yeah, no, it's like my one, it's like my one like weird fetish that I'm like, I will completely own up to. The only thing that completely disarms me is redheaded babies. Oh my God. I would get really offended when like some of my white friends are like, oh my God, I really want a black baby. They're so cute. Look at all these African babies. And then I like saw a redheaded child and I was like, no, I completely understand that disgusting impulse. And now I'm like trying to figure out how to genetically make this happen for myself. You can do it. There's gotta be there's gotta be a way, you know, or I'll just I'll just buy one eventually when I'm like, yeah. that's what I want to do, modern you, modern woman I was style. Just gonna say, do you want to have have babies or do you not care about? I how 
get them. I've like never thought about having a family long term. So that was never I was never like one of those girls that was like wedding fantasy and marriage fantasy. And I think also just it's mostly like in my head. I can't think of a party that I want to invite my friends and my family to at the same time. (laughs) So like that's the heart of my struggle. But in terms of kids, like I just I like don't see it. I'm not into babies. And I like know that for a fact, I don't want to like poop out my own kids. I like know that for a fact. I was like, this is I'm like, I'm sorry, like this body is not changing. Like this is is (laughs) it. And so now I'm like, oh, there's so many possibilities. So I think you should never say never. But it's yeah, it's like if you're not like into having kids or you don't want to plan your life around it, I think that that's great. Uh, That's where I'm at. Also, like a really good reason not to have kids is that, you know what I mean? Like so many people I think are like trying to like check things off their list and like hit these milestones for other people. And, like, if you don't really want a kid, they're going to know that you don't really want them. No, exactly. You know, and I think that, like, yeah, it's like we're at that weird age, too, right, where a lot of our friends are, like, having families and settling down. And it's all good. I think that, like, if that's the life plan that you have, then by all means, like, definitely pursue it because then your body starts betraying you. But if you're not into it, I'm like, "Mm," I'm like, I'll be fine. And also, I'm like, once I get there, if I really want a kid, there are many other ways to have a family. You yeah. know, I've been I've been like researching like what fostering looks like and and adoption and all of that stuff. And I was like, this is I'm like, this is something that would make me happy. Like, I know my personality. I know myself. And yeah. I don't think that you need like, you know, you need to like have your own child to feel that they're your own. Yeah. Um, agreed. So my, and- speaking of redheaded babies, my one of my college friends, Jeremy, he and his husband, fostered this like adorable little little pair of kids two little redheaded babies like a little girl and her little brother and they just adopted them last year and they're like Aww. the most beautiful family ever so like, good gorgeous so and, good like, kids are so cute they're so cute and they're so happy yeah you know that's the thing is that like little kids to me are not very cute so i'm like really into the idea of like getting a teenager i'm like mm-hmm. you can you can live in my house for three years fill out a fafsa and go to college and mm-hmm. then when mm-hmm. you come mm-hmm. back here we can hang out all the time right so everybody's different um i guess what are you doing the rest of the day you told me you were getting a facial maybe oh my god yes i am going to my skin I have struggled with cystic acne since I was like, I don't know, 13 when like my mom tried to pop my first zit in the kitchen and it would just like turn into a nightmare. Oh, mom. I know because I think she thought like it was like her skin, which is perfect. She just thought it was like a whitehead or something. And I'm like, no, no, this is like we're dealing with under deep under like sometimes like has a three headed situation like like that's the that's the shit that my skin has come up with forever since I can remember like you know, being a a viable, like, human. So it's just, like, a sort of constant, like, what should I try? How could I, like, get it better? Should I cut this out of my diet? Should I go to this facialist? So, like, for the last six or seven months, I've been going to this really amazing facialist named Shawnee Darden, who also does Rosie and Jessica Alba. Yeah. And like Oprah, like she had to like rearrange my facial the other day because Oprah called her. I know when you emailed me, when you emailed me, I laughed so hard. I was like, that's the best. (laughs) So crazy. What crazy life am I living in? Which like I get bumped from a facial because Oprah is calling my facialist, but she's helped a lot. She has this like amazing product. I don't want to like shill her products necessarily, but She's got this like crazy retinol thing that you put on at night. And I swear to God, my skin is like 
it's so much better just in the last six months of using this thing. Oh, uh, like, that's the best. I just got yeah. retinol from, I just got like major retinol from a friend who's pregnant because apparently they can't use you it. You can't when use they, it. You yeah. can't use it when you're pregnant. So I am like swimming in retinol A right yes. now. And so now I'm just like always, I'm always looking at like all my friends that are becoming pregnant and I'm like, hey, can you go through your beauty <laughs> cabinet? <laughs> you not, you and everything you're not using, please send my way. <laughs> like everything that will poison the baby, I just want to take it off of your Yes, I'm like, I'll take sushi and I'll take a retinol. Thank you very much. Stephanie, thank you so much for talking to me today. Oh my god, this is such a treat. You made made my whole week. This is amazing. Yay! This is great. You're the best. Have a great day at the facialist. Please find out what Oprah got and like tell me. Oh, yeah, that was my plan. I was going to be like, so what? Did Oprah do any add-ons? Because like I would like those as well. I would like the Oprah package. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. Thanks, Thanks, Dan. Bye. All right, you can find us many places on the internet, on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. You can download our show on the Acast app or on iTunes, where it would be awesome if you left us a review. You can also tweet at us at callyrgf or email us at callyrgf at gmail.com. And you can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. This podcast is produced by Gina Delbach. Gina! Gina! (laughs) 